Chronicles, the 27th chapter and the 28th verse. And then we'll read a few verses in Matthew and then we can be seated, okay? <clears throat> How many want to hear from the Lord today? He's got something for you. He always does. We don't ever want to cut ourselves short and think that, oh, well, it's just another service. I don't ever want to miss a service, especially nowadays. We need all the help we can get, right? We need all of God that we can get. Amen? Praise God. It's like collecting manna. It falls. God gives it to us. But you know what? we got to go out and get it. So that's why we come. Praise God. Verse 28, 1 Chronicles 27. And over the olive trees, let's say olive trees, and the sycamore trees that were in the low plains was Balan, the Girdite, and over the cellars of oil was Joash. This was a list of the people that oversaw David's kingdom. Obviously, if you would go back into that 27th chapter, he lists a lot of people that did a lot of stuff for him. David couldn't manage it all by himself. He had helpers. He had people that were appointed over certain areas. So it was very important that the olive trees were managed properly and the supply of oil was very crucial to have. You can't just have a tree and not have any oil. Got to have oil, don't we? Praise God. It's all about the oil. Say that to your neighbor. It's all about the oil. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Sometimes when um, you have opportunities and God keeps piling stuff on you and it's a good thing when you're preaching or teaching you can start weeks before and it but every time you go to pray every time there's a message uh, it just adds another point so I've got quite a stack of stuff <laughs> so um, it's important the oil that God gives you amen there you go I brought that, put it on the kitchen table this morning. My wife put it back in. What's it doing my oil? What are you taking that to church for? <laughs> Going to be doing some anointing. Yep. Going to need a lot. Matthew 25, verses 6 through 12. These are familiar scriptures with those of you that are noting that oil is important. And the Bible likens the oil, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. How many know that God's coming back? Very soon. When I was a kid growing up in church, we heard it all the time, didn't pay attention to it. Same old, same old, same old. Back in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Now... It moves your soul, doesn't it? It moves your soul. Does mine. 
Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy it for yourselves. While they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Why? Because it's all about the oil. In May of 1975, that was a month before I graduated high school, just told on myself there, didn't it? The Ford Motor Company was certified for this patent, critical liquid level warning circuit. You didn't know that. I didn't either. <laughs> but when the light goes on in your dash and it's around the gas gauge, the little gas thing comes on, that's when you panic, doesn't it? Oh, my God. My mother would panic at a quarter of a tank. Yeah, go find some gas. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> now when the light goes on, you think, how many miles have I got left? How many has been there? That means been on the interstate in Montana, and the light goes on. <laughs> then your heart's, oh. And you think, well, see, the last time this happened, I got 40 miles. So you start calculating stuff out. No, 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 no that's too much. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> when your level is below a certain amount, this warning light will come on on your dashboard signifying I need to increase the amount of fluid. Oh, that those foolish virgins in Matthew 25 would have had a warning light to tell them that my level of oil is low. How many's ever been moved upon by the Holy Ghost and said, Rod, your level's low. Rod, your level's low. You need to get some oil. I remember the old gas stations where we'd pull in and you rang two bells, ding, 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 going over this. Guy would come out, the rag in his back pocket, rolled up sleeves, Sohio, right there. And uh, they would ask you, you know, what, what kind of gas you wanted. Fill her up with regular, please. It's so funny. You want me to check that oil? No, it'll, it's okay. Or they would go ahead, pop the hood, and, you know, pull the dipstick out. And it's funny because I would, I would sit in the back seat and I'd watch my dad, and he'd, say, and he, he'd nudge my wife. He said, I saw the guy take his thumb and wipe some oil off. So then he would show you the dipstick, say, you're, you know, you're a quart low. <laughs> okay, put a quart in. They sell a quart of oil. Back then it was like 50 cents. Oil is important, doesn't it? Oil does do something for an engine, it's called. It helps reduce the friction in the motor. Did you know that? 
So if you want less friction in your life, you need to put more oil in. I'll just let that sink in. I need to make sure that my oil level is right, especially nowadays. Because there's nothing I can find on the Internet. There's nothing that I can find on TV. There's nothing I can find in the newspaper or on the radio program that's going to help me with my oil level other than getting to church and getting to an altar of prayer and letting the Lord fill me up with the Holy Ghost. You have to come for yourself first. You have to make sure you have that oil first. It's like flying in a plane. The mask come down when the oxygen goes out, and they tell you, parents, put the mask on for yourself first. Because if you pass out, you can't help anybody. If I don't have any oil like these other virgins in, the ver in, in Matthew 25, hey, give us some oil. No, I don't have enough for me and you. Why should I reward your laziness with, with stuff from mine? I got my own oil. You need to go get your oil. I'm telling you today, you need oil. God's got oil here. Let's do some facts on an olive tree. The more I researched about these olive trees, the more interesting it got. Some people don't even pay any attention to it. They just grab for the stuff off the shelf. And they have no idea what goes into this. First cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil, 68 ounces. You know how many olives it took to make this bottle of oil? Somewhere between five and 6,000 olives squeezed to put in there. And we just pour it on our salad. We pour it in the pan. We fry our eggs with it. We do all kinds of stuff with extra virgin olive oil. First press, cold process. That's important, too. Because you can get some junk oil, and you think it's good, but it's not. Huh. So here's some facts. Stay with me, will you? Facts on the olive tree. First of all, it's noted as the king of trees. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Who's the king of trees? Uh, I, olive tree. Huh. Secondly, the olive tree is very resilient. It can withstand a lot of stuff. Why? Because the root system that it has is very strong. It grows very slowly, but it could, its roots go way down deep, and it's a very strong tree. There's been uh, records of uh, forest fires, of, of uh, hurricanes, of all kinds of stuff where I've destroyed olives uh, an olive tree, but it still comes back. It's an amazing tree. That's why it's the king of trees. It's drought resistance, we said before. And note this, it's not capable of, of graftage. That means I cannot take a branch from an olive tree, cut it off, and graft it into some other tree. That branch won't survive. Why? Because it needs just an olive tree. The same thing in reverse. I can't take a branch off of another tree and graft it into an olive tree. It will not accept anything else. It's a loner. It does all by itself. It's an olive tree. That's how God made it. So it has kind of a monogamous relationship. It only has one Lord. 
It only has one faith. It only has one baptism. You understand? I'm an olive tree. I know, Roger, kind of crazy today, but I'm an olive tree. I'm not going to put something else in me. I'm not going to grab something else that might be easy for me because what? It's not going to work. God didn't intend it that way. When, the, when Noah's ark rested, <clears throat> or before, when he was looking for land, see, he sent out a dove. A dove also is in a monogamous relationship. It only has one mate. And when that mate dies, it stays that way. It may find it somewhere else, but it only is run to one mate. So you have the, 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 uh, the picture of the ark where Noah sent out a monogamous dove, and what does he come back with? Olive branch. Loyalty all over the place, isn't it? I'm glad I only serve one Lord. Exodus 20 said this, I'm the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. I know it's for the Jews. I know it's for Israel. But tell me God hasn't brought you out of an Egypt somewhere. Tell me God hasn't rescued you from some slave place somewhere. He brought you out. You should worship him only. That's what he meant. I brought you out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord, am a jealous God. I don't want to worship that king. Why? It's a good thing for me. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. Why? Because I'm in a monogamous relationship with God. I only want one God in my house. I only want one God in my life. I can't, I'm not made to have a lot of other stuff. I only want good virgin oil. Ha! Paul said this in Ephesians, there is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called, and one hope for your calling. I think sometimes, Brother Bruce, I try to get a little bit of hope from other things. I, 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 I guess I'm not at fault for that, but, you know, oh, man, there's got to be a good article here that will give me some hope. Can't find it. Where do I get my hope? On my knees. In my prayer closet. Why? Because there's only one hope. I only have one hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I'm glad I got those old songs down. I'm glad they all that I was sung that 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 it happened when I was a young kid and we went and sang this hymn and sang that hymn. Awesome stuff, these old songs. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in us all. <sighs> Hymn 269. Check it out. My <clears throat> the mighty God is Jesus. I may remember that. Prince of Peace is He. The everlasting Father. King eternally, 
the wonderful in wisdom, by whom all things are made, the fullness of the Godhead, Jesus is displayed, and it's all in him. Isn't that great? How many ever sung that while they're walking down the hall? Emmanuel, God with us. Awesome stuff, isn't it? All right, we're moving on. Olive trees can live for thousands of years. Yep. There's like 130 different varieties of olives, and there's over 800 million olive trees, I think the, the article said. That's a lot of trees. Olive trees are generous with their fruit. Olive trees are generous with their fruit. What God's done in your life and your olive tree, we need to be generous with our fruit. Amen? Olive tree on average produces 400 pounds of olives. Here's another thing that I thought was really weird. I mean, not weird, but a good thing that I never thought about. Olive wood burns two and a half times hotter than any other wood. And its smoke is harmless. I wouldn't suck the smoke down. I imagine if you threw an oak wood on the fire and the smoke got in your eyes, it would burn a little bit. doesn't happen with the olive wood. Two and a half times hotter. Isn't this a marvelous tree? Ha. So, Sarah, if you have that other picture, because it's all about the oil. I don't know if you can see that pretty well, but this is an ancient oil processing plant. Huh. If I can explain while you're walk looking at that, first step was harvesting the olives because it takes a lot to get this little bit of olives in these bottles. They're harvested. They were washed. They were put on a grinding wheel. And in this case, there was a small, the, the roller, rolling pin thing over there on the right. They crushed the oils. They crushed the olives going through the process. It made a paste. And then they would put this paste inside those round baskets that looked like tires. And they would stack them 15, 20 high. You see that in the middle of the picture. And when they were stacked at the right height, then all the weights were applied and the pressure was smashed down into those baskets. And the oil would squeeze out of the outside of the baskets and go down into the pan on the bottom and drip into the oil well in the bottom. The first press goes to the priest in the temple. First press goes to God. All your thanks goes to God. All the pressure goes to God. The oil runs out of the basket, drips in the ba uh, basin. Then the baskets are emptied. They're picked back up. They're emptied, and they're put back on the grinding wheel for the second time. And then they're rolled. They're crushed again, pressed. Then they're thrown back into the baskets, 
They're stacked up again, and then they're put on uh, the press again, and they add another weight. This one has two weights on it. The second press pushed down more oil, squeezed out more oil. This, way, this, this process and this oil goes to medicinal purposes and cooking. Again, it went through all the process again for the grinding wheel, back stacked up, another part put uh, uh, into the press, and then a third weight. And this weight is for the fuel that they use for the lamps and other miscellaneous items. So we know, and I'm not telling you anything that's important that, that, that you don't know, but life is full of pressures, isn't it? And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Garden of Gethsemane was full of olive trees on the Mount of Olives, why they named it. Geth means press. Semene means oil. It was a place where pressure was applied. It was a place where oil came out. It was a place that uh, sacrifices were done. It was a place of prayer, a place of pain, a place where God got the oil out of, of, of lives. <coughs> Gethsemane, the pressing of the oil. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. We have this treasure on earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and it's not of us. We're troubled on every side. Amen? How many can say amen to that? We're troubled on every side. Things seem to bother us. It's not a bed of roses when you get the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name it's not, and get into the body of Christ. It's not a bed of roses. Why? We've got life. Why? God needs some oil from somebody. And it's not just the oil that goes into our lives. Yes, but you know what? The bottom line is this. It's not about you. It's about the oil. And it's not about using your oil on yourself. It's about other people that gets oil from what you go through. It's what you go through that gets the oil out. We're troubled on every side, but you're not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We're always bearing about in the body, dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So let me ask you, Joash, how's your oil? Thought it was important to put a manager in charge of it. God's presence is a humbling, holy pressure, isn't it? Sometimes I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. I just feel the presence and the pressure of God. It's a good pressure. Why? Because it's getting the oil and it's getting, it's squeezing me down in my life and it's getting the raj out. It's getting all the garbage out. It's, 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 it's pushing me down and it's uh, putting God first. It's a holy pressure. That's what the difference is about us. 
Mankind today doesn't need just a simple non-sacrificial religion. Not today. It doesn't need something easy. It doesn't need something that's just simple. It needs some place where they can feel the presence and the pressure of God. And today, maybe we can understand why we're going through what we're going through. It's not because of it's about you. It's about the oil. It's about what God can do with what your oil is. Here's another point, and this has to deal with people that, oh, well, I, I, you know, it's just another service. It's just another this. It's just another Easter. It's just it's not. If you got good oil, there's an expiration date on this. It turns rancid. It gets bad. Smells bad. Flies get around it. Let's say fresh oil. That's why I need fresh oil every day. That's why every time, every chance I get, I got to get into this pressure, presence of Almighty God. Why? Because He's pushing things down in my life. He's putting me through the ringer. Amen. And it's not just because I've sinned or not just because I've done something bad. It's not just because of that. It's because of the oil that you and I get out of this. You're crazy today, right? I know. All I know is we're going to pray for each other at the end of this service again because we need it. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with the excellency of speech of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. This is Paul speaking. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is why you can't just add man's stuff to your oil. It doesn't work. <clears throat> and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of the power. Why? That your faith should stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We can't provide it ourselves with our wisdom because that's weak oil. That's processed oil. That's man-made additions to oil. That's not the extra version, first-pressed oil in our lives. I don't want to take anything that man's got and try to make it fit into the religion. Why? Because my tree will not accept the graft in of man. It's not going to work right. I want pure virgin oil from the presence of God every chance that I get. Why? That makes it the difference of the churches. Some of these churches have enormous buildings. They're just great. I, I, I get jealous. Say, Come on, Lord, why can't we just have this stuff? They've got so many ministries there, so much money here, so many buses, this, and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. But you know what they lack? Presence and the pressure of God. It's all about the oil, isn't it? It's about the anointing that you do with this oil.
How many's ever gotten anything and, and you know that what you received was not really for you? No. Brother John and I worked for a Brother Dean up in Tallahassee. And he said, God told me that when I got this job to build this house, that it wasn't for me. Why? Because there's some brothers in the church that are out of work. Right, John? It's a long way to go, but you know what? God, God gives you stuff, but it's not just for you. Because it's not about you. It never was about you. The early church, it was never just about them. It was about how they evangelized the place. And the devil just, he didn't want, he, he had a hard enough time with just one Jesus. But the pressure on the day of Pentecost and, and the persecution that they went through, that uh, went through the first church, all of a sudden he had thousands of Jesuses all over the place. Now look what he's done. Now it makes him even mad. This is why this evil cabal wants to stop worshiping of churches. He wants to close all the churches. They want to lock down all kinds of stuff. Why? They can't handle the church. They can't handle the anointing that we go through. This is why you don't need to fear. I think why I, I understand a little bit more that Paul said we need to glory in our tribulations. Why? Because we're pushing and are pressing down this olive in, in our lives and getting the oil out. And it's what we do with this oil. It's about the anointing. James 5 and 14 says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him and anoint him with the oil in the name of the Lord. I don't have to explain how it all happens. I don't have to explain all the thises and the thous and explain scientifically how it all happens. All I have to do is believe that when somebody that needs a healing, that when somebody that needs something done in their life, that when somebody needs some spiritual thing happening, all I have to do is pray for them. All I have to do is put some oil on my finger. All I have to do is reach back into my heritage, brother the Simmons and say look what God's done for me all my life look how rich my oil is look what God's done and how he's pressed me so when you go through the press it's not about you yeah you're going through it but it's about what you do with this huh all I have to do is believe that's all the requirement is I have to believe and I have to obey. That's all he asked. I don't have to go and psychoanalyze everybody and oh what are they, what's he praying for me for? He don't have a right. What? Let me tell you something. You have no idea what each of us have gone through. You got no idea right now what's happening in our lives. God does. There's a lot of people that could be in this room today that's getting a lot of pressure. Oh, I only have one stone on my, on my fulcrum. I only have one stone of pressure. I may have two or I have three. Some of you may have four and five. Some of you may really be going through a lot of stuff. 
So don't count anybody out and say, well, what right do they have to pray for me? They're not a minister. We're a body of Christ, a body of believers. Mark 16, 17 and 18 says this, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils, and they'll speak with new tongues. All i got to do is believe. They'll take up any deadly serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. All i got to do is believe. All I've got to do is believe. Musicians, if you would come, please. Everything we go through builds our faith because it's producing oil for us to use. I guess maybe I should have started out with that statement. Everything you go through in your life that God puts in front of you is a process to get oil out of you so that you can use oil to anoint other people. It adds to the anointing process of God. It doesn't take the place of God and what his anointing is. It just adds to it. Why? Because all the things that God's brought me through and you through builds our faith up. Oh, come on, Rods. You went through what I went through back in the 70s or 80s. Doesn't matter. I've gone through this stuff. And God's helped me go through this. So that when you come to me with a need that I've already experienced... That's part of my oil. That's part of my faith to say, God can help you through it. Whew. You understand? You've got power. You don't know what kind of power you possess. You don't know what God's done for you all this time. Not to just that we just accept it and thank God and just stay and keep it in our lives. It spreads out through all of us. Here's an important part, and I'm finishing. If you want to stand with me. <clears throat> Another thing that got me thinking about this and researching it out. If you do not think that we are at war, I don't know what to tell you. How many know we're at war? It's a spiritual war. Here's another thing that you do with your oil is you anoint your armor every day. You make sure that your shield is slick with oil so that those darts that the enemy shoots at you just kind of glance off. Here's another reason why you need to come and get another anointing of God and another anointing of oil from, from on high at an altar someplace. I don't want to go into battle with dry equipment. 
I want something soaked with the oil of God. I want something soaked with the, with the, uh, the, the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God because I've got to go in there and I don't want any problems. I don't want my, my armor rusty. My oil will keep my armor from being rusty. I don't want my sword to break. My oil will keep my sword nice and sharp and shiny. It's using your oil. Another important thing that this oil does is it breaks the yoke of bondage. Scripture says this, Isaiah 27:10, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off of thy shoulders. Are you here today with a burden? Are you here today wrestling with a, a, a burden or something that you've been yoked with for years? And the worst statement that I've, that I've heard is, oh, well, it's going to be like that. We might as well just live with it. You don't need to live with your yoke. You don't need to live with your burden. All you need to do is get anointed with the oil of God, with the oil of gladness, with the oil of somebody that's been through it, and your yoke will break from off of thy neck and your yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. It's all about the oil, isn't it? The yoke is really enslavement. Some people can't handle the shame so they don't say anything. They just live with it. I don't want to live with shame. I need to get that off of me. Here's a big one that I see every day. People want to live with fear. That's the devil's got everybody snookered into living with fear. Don't breathe on me. I might get sick. They need some anointing oil, don't they? There's nothing wrong with the animal that's pulling the cart or doing the work. It's the yoke that binds the animal that day. We're going to end with this, Job 42 and 10. Last Sunday, Brother Bruce taught a, a preached a tremendous message about forsaken waters. It said, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And we know the story of Job, but can you imagine the pressure and the press that that man went through? All the oil and all the pressing down and all the pain. And when he prayed for his friends, all of that went away. It's amazing. I want to open these altars up, but I, I, I just don't know how to do this. If you need something from the Lord, something spiritual, something physical, it doesn't matter what it is, you can come down front and we're going to pray for you. I've been wrestling with an eye issue for five years. But you know what? I can pray for somebody that's got eye issues, and I can understand a whole lot of what they're going through. That's what this oil stuff's about. So if you need help somehow, if you've been wrestling with pain, if you've been wrestling with your children, if you've been wrestling with, with unsaved loved ones, with backsliders in your family, come down front and we'll start praying with you. Come down front and we'll make a line here.
If you need some help with your employment, if you need some help with finances, God's got something for you today to help you break the yoke of bondage that's kept you here. Praise God. Praise God. 